Hey guys and girls, welcome back to the AJ Roberts Show on the London Times. Uh, today we are joined by a familiar face to so many around the country and the world, Mr. Dan Aston Gregory. Dan, my brother, so good to have you back. Great to be back. Thank you very much for having me as a repeat guest. It's great to uh, appear once again on your show. Yeah, and it's um, obviously we've had quite substantial gaps in between like when you've been on. There's so much has been happening, not just here in the UK, but all over. But um, right now in the UK, obviously yourself and a fantastic group of people uh, have come together and formed the Together Declaration, which we can see there uh, in your background. And I wanted to get you on the show today to really emphasise and showcase the importance of it and how powerful it is so that the, the wider public can get a grasp of what it's all about um, and sign up to it because it is seriously, seriously important for the future of um, not all of us, but obviously the future of our nation, uh, the children and um, and everyone alike. So, yeah, mate, if you want to uh, explain obviously what the Together Declaration is and how it all came about. Yeah, so I, I just in a nutshell, the Together Declaration is taking a, a unilateral stand against vaccine passports in the UK initially, uh, but we had a lot of a lot of um, outreach from across the world to uh, co-opt the campaign in in different countries because, of course, this is um, an international problem that we're facing uh, because these are being rolled out nation by nation. Um, and it's affecting uh, every citizen of the planet as it stands if it continues this way. Um, but by, by way of backstory, like yourself, um, you have been, well, I've done over 300 episodes on the Pandemic Podcast now since um, late last year, and uh, or mid last year rather, and uh, have, have really looked at a lot of the issues that have, resp- have come from the pandemic response, the, gov- the political response to, to, the, to the virus. Uh, and, and many of these things have actually led to these types of initiatives like vaccine passports all of the kind of um, fear-mongering that we've seen off the back of the virus uh, the, the the lack of appropriate um, presentation of kind of risk profile all of these things have created conditions where people are still today we we're discussing offline still frightened uh, and as a result it, it creates opportunities for governments and, and uh, those in power to to bring forward policies like these as a proposed uh, solution um, you, the, the irony is you've got you've got governments saying that we need to, to, to bring these vaccine passports out to reopen the economy and reopen society despite the fact that now you know in the UK at least We've been open since mid-July fully. You know, we, we've been out of a lockdown, a full lockdown for a, for a period of time. Um, and society is open. <laughs> so we say, we, we're now saying we need these things to open society, yet society is already open. Um, so the, the reality is uh, that there is very little, if any, scientific basis for the, uh, d- um, for the use of vaccine passports. Um, I'm sure you've examined all of those kind of factors on your show, but simply put, you know, the, the, the vaccines themselves don't um, prevent um, um, transmission or infection. Um, and ultimately, many of the arenas where these things are supposedly going to be used, nightclubs, um, concert venues, sports uh, clubs, um, are without a stereotype, are typically not actually attended by those who are typically at risk. And you still get all the old arguments that, you know, if this person gets sick, then it passes on to another. But all of these, all of these problems are predicated on the idea that uh, asymptomatic transmission is a major problem, which you, the, 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 the scientific evidence is completely negligible around this, that, that if you don't have symptoms, that it's alleged that you can pass on this virus. Whilst it may be possible, it's it's very uh, unlikely. So you're, you're creating a situation where you're allowing people into a nightclub, for instance, only if they've been double vaccinated or fully vaccinated, which we'll talk about in a minute because it's a new term that they use now instead of double vaccinated, because uh, double vaccinated doesn't necessarily mean fully vaccinated anymore. Um, but we're basically treating people on this premise of asymptomatic transmission that we are proven, to, uh, we are we are sick until proven to be healthy. You know, we, you know, we've, we've endured this this mentality for I say endured, but don't 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 don't, don't make mistake that for saying enjoyed. It's certainly not an enjoyment. We've we, we've we've endured we've endured this premise for for a long period of time now. And I, I said to to another uh, podcast host just the other day. Um, how many days in a row have your individual members of your audience been healthy throughout 2020 and 21? No signs of sickness whatsoever. Um, and certainly no signs of respiratory viruses like uh, the COVID-19. Um, yet you've been separated uh, from your friends, your family, uh, based upon these mandates and restrictions 
largely due to this principle which still underpins what we're facing today so we've got the situation where people are presumed sick until proven healthy um uh, which is which is is is, is such a flaw uh, but but to me there's lots of different scientific arguments against the use of vaccine passports uh, and that can be you can get into contention and debate around all of that to the cows come home the point is, this is a principle. This is a societal, cultural principle for me. Uh, and it's about ethics. Because what the vaccine passports will do, and, and, and sadly, most people, like many of these issues, don't seem to care until it affects them personally or hits them in their backyard. You know, So you feel it yourself. Um, the reality is, what will happen is um, people will go to clubs or restaurants or bars or on holiday and they'll suddenly find themselves they won't be able to take their friends or family or their colleagues because they find out their friends or family haven't been fully vaccinated and at, at this point in time fully vaccinated might mean two vaccine shots tomorrow it could be three the next day it could be four already in israel we're seeing three you know the booster shots rolled out three shots four shots uh, the booster shots have been rolled out here in the uk so the term fully vaccinated isn't fully defined so you could very quickly find with uh, with even with vaccine passports you think you've done your bit which you've been told to do, yet all of a sudden you find your access to society limited. Now, the, 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 the really important point here is, AJ, is that we are at the precipice of discriminating people based upon uh, a human characteristic. You know, medical status, immunization status is a simple human characteristic. And if you look through history, whether you're segregating based upon race or gender or any other human categorist, uh, cat, uh, categoristic, it ends tragically. It ends badly. Yet here we are in the modern world with everything we know about history, suffering from huge collective amnesia, sleepwalking into this idea that it's acceptable to, 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 to discriminate based upon someone's medical choices. Now, of course, this is clearly going to exacerbate existing discriminations in society. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to worsen and widen the inequalities. Um, there was a video going around um, just recently kind of directed at the kind of Black Lives Matter movement because they're saying, where are you now? That, that, because a much smaller proportion of um, the kind of ethnic communities have been um, vaccinated. So again, that's a hugely discriminatory measure against uh, those communities. Uh, yet this is something we're sleepwalking towards. And you know, once they're implemented, as they already are in Scotland or Wales, it's very difficult to turn back. Um, but here we are in England now facing the same uh, and other parts of the world. So the Together Declaration was, was born out of this uh, awareness that this was coming. Um, uh, because we believe that, that it's, it's, it's time to move forward from this idea of a state of emergency. It's time to move forward from all of the pain and suffering that we've seen over the last 18 months. And it's time to move forward to recover economically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically from all of this. And I say physically as well because uh, the evidence shows that most people, as in a large majority of people, have come away from this health crisis less healthy than they did before they started yeah. you know you would have thought it'd be the wake-up call i'm going to take care of my fitness and my health but of course how do you take care of your fitness when the gyms have been shut down for so long um uh, you know i know i know that you're a military man that you know not having access to a gym isn't an excuse but uh, <laughs> but for a lot of for a lot of people you know the point is you know people have been locked in their homes sedentary lifestyles have been worsened people have got less healthy so in order to move forward now we have to move forward in a way that leaves no one behind um, we've already seen these things deployed in uh, New York. New York, the hospitality sector in New York is uh, uh, apparently down 60% in revenue. 60%. And I spoke to a restaurant owner in London uh, just recently when I was there, and I said, could you, it's currently 10%, it's 10% of the adult population in the UK that haven't, haven't been vaccinated. It's around about 25% of the overall population when you look at under-18s and all the controversy around the kind of JCBI and the, the, the childhood rollout, which we can touch upon later on if you want. But, but nonetheless, I said, even if it was just 10%, if you drop 10% revenues in your business, would you be able to survive? And he said, even in the best of times, if they drop 10%, they would, they would struggle. But after what we've just been through over the last 18 months, if you drop 10%, we're out of business. So the point here is that, yes, we've had, we've, we've almost got, we've got to the point where it's become, you know, it's become frowned upon <laughs> if you mention the economy or money around this. But the reality is, um, the economy is the lifeblood of it's what pays our bills it's what keeps us employed it's what keeps small businesses running and we, we are 18 20 months into this now it is time to start thinking forward um 
And, and these vaccine passports really are, are going to be a huge threat to, to many different industries. We're already seeing that. As, uh, I interviewed um, a business owner from Australia just yesterday. A million jobs are going to be lost off the back of uh, vaccine passports. A million jobs. This is, this is a, this is a sizable impact on an economy like Australia. We're seeing uh, whilst not directly related to the vaccine passports is based upon the same kind of uh, point of medical freedom we're seeing the care home staff getting decimated this winter and by the way you know these care home staff have worked tirelessly under pressure for the last 18 to 20 months they've had terrible policies put uh, in in their way we've seen all the controversy around the um, report that was released this week yesterday about how care homes is, is being woefully mismanaged um, by the government not the care homes themselves but here they are facing uh, i'm on a rant here aj you can stop me if you wish uh, <laughs> uh, here we are facing the winter by the way which is the toughest time for the most vulnerable where the care homes are going to be decimated of staff uh, and there's a public consultate a public consultation which I'll, I'll i'll say why it's inverted commas in a minute because we've seen a number of these throughout 2020 to 2021 the government puts out a public consultation around a new policy that they want to enact and they use the responses no matter how many negative responses they get to justify their decision so care homes were first nhs will be next you'll see again going into winter when we already know if you look at the last decade's worth of newspaper headlines irrespective of COVID-19 and the policies that have hammered the hospitals even further over the last two years how much stress and pressure the NHS is under every winter yet here we are the government is about to launch a new mandate which could see thousands of NHS staff lose their jobs and again we've talked about protecting the NHS as a mantra uh, for the last 20 months you know that's been a, that's it's been in my view been used by the government as a uh, a, 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 a point of manipulation to manipulate the public it's been used as a scapegoat and, and and the nhs you know we talk about protecting them well we're not going to be protecting them if, if thousands of people lose their job but it's it's not just about protecting the nhs it's about the, the patients right so if you get thousands of staff frontline staff who are taken off duty which is the people they're talking about removing from office who's going to look after the patients so you've got care homes nhs during their t during the point of need over winter uh, so you have to ask yourself to you know are these mandates really serving the people what's it all about and it, it won't stop it uh, aj it won't stop it um, um nhs we've seen in other parts of the world uh canada etc where it's it's into education it's into public services like the police the military um the fire service all of these vital services are getting decimated by what is the single principle that seems to underpin both vaccine passports and these vaccine mandates, all of which uh, undermine our medical freedom and our right to choose. Uh, and our right to choose, by the way, doesn't infringe upon uh, our social duty to take care of one another. It doesn't. You know, having the, having an individual choice doesn't make an individual a bad person. They're still going to do their bit. Uh, I mean, all the, all of the evidence shows, and it's, again, this was in the, the report from the, the UK government just yesterday, that people's behaviour in the face of a crisis changes with or without mandates. And we've seen that across the world. People adapt their behaviour based upon the scenario. They don't need to be told they don't need laws and mandates people do the right thing for each other um so the idea of uh, stripping people of their medical freedoms is is essentially what the together declaration is built upon uh, and, and states that together we are stronger you know we don't want to separate from vaccinated or unvaccinated we want to link arms move forward and and i i firm, personally firmly believe we cannot leave anyone behind we cannot widen the inequalities we cannot uh, discriminate against people and if we are particularly you know people are very passionate about uh, seeing um the united kingdom britain succeed off the back of this um this pandemic lots of business owners i know are very you know very anxious about what the future holds well if we are to be prosperous we are to lead and you know we are to, to retain a strong economy we will never do that if we're shutting out people based upon their medical choices whether it's access to society whether it's access to jobs so the together declaration it takes a stand saying look we want to defend the hard-won um, rights and liberties that our forebearers uh, uh, created uh, we need to defend those now and no matter what uh, people have been through and a lot of people have been affected by the kind of scaremongering that the behavioral science and, and the fear um, and, and, and during those types of time, people may have a bias to safety. You know, they, they, want, they seek certainty. That's a human need. We understand that. But we also need economic certainty. And we also need um, 
uh, to recognise that uh, that 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 you know that, that there is major problems in the way that that that, that uh, the, the government has managed the messaging around all of this uh, and the media. So it's time now that we look forward and stop looking back, come out of fear, and start to move forward together. So the Together Declaration it does exactly what it says on the tin. It's for us to be together, moving forward. No one left behind. Staying strongly. No to vaccine passports. Firstly, here in the United Kingdom, uh, but but you know again increasingly we are being approached by. Uh, Australia, Canada, um, New Zealand, America, Italy, Spain, France. We've had all kinds of requests to take this campaign global because people are resonating with the message because it's not, well, as I touched upon some of the scientific arguments, it's really about ethics. It's really about society. And it's really about uh, upholding the principles of a free and open society, which, you know, we do not need to compromise on having a free and open society in the face of a crisis. And particularly at the tail end of one, you know, we've seen the worst of it. Well, possibly, you know, who, who knows what's next? But it, it, it seems like the majority, there's, there's a whole raft of other problems, which largely are related to the interventions that uh, that we've seen um, through governments and otherwise. But nonetheless, the the the, the original problems, uh, we've, we've come through it stronger. You know, I was watching uh, the football last night, packed stadium, you know, people are ready to move on with their lives and we don't need to be shutting people out. So mm. that, that's why we started the Together Declaration. We've had a coalition of over 200 different groups, business owners, campaign leaders, influencers come together to found the declaration. And now it's had over 100,000 signatures in a very short period of time. But I'm sure we'll see many, many more. Mm. And uh, just on the uh, the declaration itself, um, and we'll repeat it a bit later. But where can people go and immediately, like right now, as soon as they <laughs> listen to this, um, to go and actually sign up to that declaration? Get go to togetherdeclaration.org. You can see it on the banner behind me. Togetherdeclaration.org. Read the letter. You know, we took time to write this to make sure that it it resonates to as many people as possible. You know, we want to we want to appeal to people's collective sentiment that that, that that it's important that we retain the values of a free and open society but but doing so in a way that leaves no one behind that's that's really our goal you know it's about now leading forward it, it recognizes the concerns that people have had that we've gone through uh, because ultimately you know it's going to take people ask you know what's a declaration going to do well the reality is we have to remember that politicians serve the interests of the people and uh, a declaration or a petition or a campaign of this nature is one way that we can send a message to the politicians that a large group of people feel strongly about this but you know i mentioned aj that te- you know we know that 10 percent of adults in the uk are currently unvaccinated uh 25 of the population as a whole that's if you believe the statistics and although lots of people are dubious around much of the government data having had seen so many flaws in other other areas mm. uh but nonetheless if you take it at face value we would expect to see at least 10 percent of the population signing this declaration but what's been absolutely wonderful uh despite the fact we haven't hit that number yet what's been absolutely wonderful is we're seeing lots of people whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated signing this declaration we're seeing lots of people who have been double vaccinated or even triple vaccinated coming forward and saying i may have different views to other people on the vaccines but i stand for a free and open society and that's why it's about being together it's not about your vaccine status it's the whole point it shouldn't be about our vaccine status it's a personal choice and we want to keep it that way um you know uh, so so that's that there's really grass shoots of hope in the fact that people are coming together regardless of their personal choices to defend their right to a personal choice uh, but also ultimately to defend a free and open society so go to togetherdeclaration.org please sign it please share it um you know every every signature counts and um you'll see you know we can talk about what you know how else we're getting the message out there um this, the, the declaration is just one part of the the campaign yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, as soon as you brought it together, I was like straight in there, bosh, signs. It was literally that quick. Um, but it's a few things I wanted to touch on there from what you're sharing with us, Dan. Um, I think when you talked about just humanity as a whole, you just come together. I mean, we're seeing that in France pretty much every day. Um, and I've spent a lot of time on my show, you know, really opening the eyes uh, to people of what's happening in other countries around the world. So like you mentioned, you know, here in the UK, we're very much open. So life's very much back to normal, sort of, so to speak, minus like, you know, the obvious virtue signaling masks and a bit of like, you know, hand sanitizers everywhere, et cetera. Um, but when countries like Australia, uh, I know you had, you know, Craig on the show the other day, Craig Shaw's great guy. Um, he lives in, in the heart of Melbourne, where it's been absolutely horrendous. And, um, you know, you're seeing people come together there because in, in the face of literal tyranny, 
Um, and we're seeing the issues in France where they've obviously brought in these vax passports and people are defying these businesses. Although the businesses they want to really be taking part in this, I've seen so many interviews of business owners, people are actually coming together in the streets with like fold up tables, fold up chairs, vax, unvaxed, all sitting together, eating as normal human beings, like no discrimination and lying in the streets doing so, you know, it's absolutely beautiful to see. Um, and that that's, that's, you know, the very thing that we don't want to get to is anything like that. It, even, even the sniff of it, um, coming together right now is, is so, so important because all the mandates and, uh, you know, regardless of your vaccination status moving forward, very much affects everybody. So all the government decisions moving forward on everything, um, whether it's good or bad, is going to affect all of us. So it's very there's there's no good to come of this whatsoever. So it's not just the scientific side of stuff. So I had, I had the fortunate um, event of having Dr. Peter McCulloch on the show yesterday, which was absolutely fantastic. I know you've had him on yours. He's an amazing guy, and uh, he, he did the Question Everything Summit. Another great talk there. Um, and he shared so much valuable information. Obviously, he touched deep on the um, asymptomatic um, side of things, just being well, totally debunked it, basically. Uh, hence why, you know, you get 80 to 100,000 healthy um, people sat next to each other in a football stadium. And then, funny enough, there's not an outbreak of COVID. Yes. Um, but what he did, we did talk on a lot was, obviously, they're, they're pushing for these vaccination statuses and these vaccine passports in a lot of these countries. But what we're just going to find is, as per the British naval ship, as per the cruise ships that we've seen, as per um, a, health, a healthcare setting in uh, Japan, I think it was, they um, they have had massive outbreaks in places where it's just vaccinated people because the vaccinated people are producing the, the, the variants and on often often cases, the Delta variant, which is, you know, there's lots of scientific papers being written and published on this. Um, and that's what's going to happen. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people about this over the last few weeks and we're seeing it every day. You know, we saw it this summer. I mean, I've never known so many people, young people have flu-like symptoms in the summer. Mm. But one thing they all have in common, they're all, they've all been doubly vaccinated. And it's, um, I mean, and moving forward from that, like you're saying about the vaccination status, uh, fully vaccinated, it's just the, goalposts are just going to change to the right all the time and yep. you know, I'm getting just like you are I'm getting people constantly now family friends ex-military currently serving are just like there's no way I'm like going down this route anymore um, yeah. many of these have had horrible adverse reactions unfortunately yeah I mean there's lots to unpack there I think um where to start yeah the, the thing yeah you're absolutely right on the well, here's the thing. So, you, it fully vaccinated, it went from the terminology went from double vaccinated to fully vaccinated. That was very subtle. You could see it almost overnight in the media, just like that, changed. Um, you know, and part of the reason, like someone like myself and probably yourself as well as entrepreneurs, business leaders, is we're used to working in a, in a world of marketing. We're looking, we look, we look at how do we, you know, get our message out there. How do we promote our products and services? You know, I've consulted with many different businesses over the years. You know, you so you understand messaging. <laughs> And therefore, you can see it when it when it happens. It's just an instant, you know. It's, it becomes instantaneous. You know, it's 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 a it's a power of persuasion that has been used here. So this terminology of fully vaccinated, what what people uh, now this is this this might seem like ultra skeptic to people, but but to me, uh, probably not to your audience actually, AJ. But but, but to, to, to the, I'm tr you know I'm trying to address mainstream public as well as your crew, uh, you know probably our mutual audiences. But um, the, the reality is there is a lot of money being made out of this pandemic, a lot of money. So the, the, the wealthiest individuals and companies on the planet have accelerated their wealth over the last 18 to 20 months in ways that, you know, as per most crises, you see the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Uh, and and one, of the, one of the biggest winners, of course, is the pharmaceutical industry, an incredible winner. Um, the current rollout campaign is a lottery ticket for many of these companies, particularly those who have the strongest relationships with central governments and the NGOs and the intergovernmental organizations, you know, you, you might think you're getting the shot, which is uh, most effective or most uh, safe, but you're more likely to be getting the shot that has uh, from the companies that have the greatest bargaining power and the greatest relationships with the powers that be. Um, now that does sound very skeptical, but just, just, just enter common sense corner for the minute, which is a phrase I use a lot on the pandemic podcast. 
you know, people could understand, regardless of what position you cut, you know, there's, there's other people who are just complete, you know, just don't agree with um, medical interventions. But, but a large proportion of society would have agreed that, you know, you've got to, we know there's a vulnerable category of people who are vulnerable to this, um, this, this pathogen and other respiratory viruses. Therefore, it may make sense for a small proportion of society to take steps to uh, limit their risk. A lot of people would get, get on board with that idea. However, it's gone from that to then over 50s, over 40s, over 30s, over 20s, uh, over 16s, over 12s, and already in other parts of the world, you know, they're talking six months plus. Um, and this, this to me is abhorrent. It's abhorrent. You know, again, we could get into the discussion around the, the, the science around it. I think the science is quite clear. The JCVI in the UK uh, quite clearly said that, that you know, there's, this is this is a risk, and it's been politicised now and, and approved in these younger age groups. But of course, there is so much money on every dose being made, you know, uh, and it's not just the vaccines themselves that, that are money making. It's the infrastructure around it, the supply chain. You know, this, this industry is profiting hugely. It's a golden opportunity. You know, you have this phrase, never let a good crisis go to waste. And there are several sectors, several industries that have benefited hugely. And I sat down with a good friend of mine. Um, uh, he's been a pharmacist for over 20 years. Really, really straight shooting guy. Really, you know, he's, you know, he he stays out of the politics of it all. But he says, Dan, you know, I, I I've been in pharmacy for twenty years. I studied medical ethics at master's level at, at university, uh, and it's very clear <laughs> the influence that the pharmaceutical industry have over uh, over policy. But he said, look, look at how many industries are benefiting from the mandates, the lockdowns. Uh, and many of these industries have a huge weight of influence over major governments, over central uh, central organisations. So the status quo of being within these restrictive states benefits largely these 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 sectors. And lo and behold, these sectors also have heavy influence over governments. Just case in point. And again, this is all proven. This is fact. If you look at uh, in the first 90 days of 2021, particularly if you look at the US data uh, and other parts of the Western world, the pharmaceutical industry spent more money on lobbying political uh, organizations than they have in history in the first 90 days. Uh, and why do you think that is? Again, going back to my point previously about whose who's, who's shot gets put in whose arm. Mm. Um, uh, so there's a lot of money being made here. And why stop at just the vulnerable? You know, that's a fraction of the world. It's still millions of people, billions of people. But why stop there when you can go all the way to six months plus or even younger, probably, you know, I don't think it'll even stop there. Um, We're so there's it all over, aren't we though? We're seeing it in Australia more than ever. Because we are. Clear because it's... Dan Andrews, uh, Premier of Victoria has completely sold out to the devil firstly, but like um, completely sold out to China and obviously pharmaceutical lobbyists, but also We've, we've just seen the New South Wales Premier. Uh, all the rubbish they spouted out of why she stepped down um, was very Hancock-like, yes. the old Hancock yes. exit. <laughs> um, but in fact, we're looking at $68 million of um, bribe, bribe money, basically, to collapse yep. the economy, to in, uh, indent all these policies on the people. Um, and what we're seeing now, you know, yeah. over was literally like single-digit cases initially and when they locked Sydney down. Yes. Yeah. Um, and this is out in the open now. You know, well, of course it is. But, but it, I mean, if it's not even, you know, it doesn't take a genius, you know, to look. It, it, history shows us that money makes the world go round. Money and power control the world. There's a, there's a book called The Establishment, which talks about, you know, the informal contracts between, you know, the private sector and the public sector. The World Economic Forum, you know, which is uh, you know, allegedly the heart of the, the global conspiracy theory. It's no conspiracy theory. They're, they are a lobbying body that is essentially, uh, a, you know, the dev, a, a, a lobby club for the devil's man as they're called in the mainstream media not not my words um but they they talk about private public partnerships they've spent the entire you know lifetime of their existence gaining power politically uh gaining influence um because of course a barrier to progress for many businesses and this is this is i mean aj i don't know if you've had this revelation as well i'm an entrepreneur by background you know the last 10 years and before that i was very interested in business as an entrepreneur previously I've argued against regulation for businesses because you know you you want to get rid of bureaucracy, make it easy for people to start a business, and I still maintain that. Mm. St startups have to go through too many uh, pieces of red tape. There's too much too much uh, things for for new new business owners to get their head around. But when it comes to the monopolies that we're seeing, and there's a documentary going around on social media at the minute called Monopoly, which kind of signposts a lot of this. We've reached a point where you know the Rockefellers of today are the Zuckerbergs, are the Bezos. Uh, 
the Larry Pages. It's these huge techno titans that have been able to grow unrestrained. You know, when I, when I was studying economics at university, they talked about the Monopolies Commission. Where does that does that even exist anymore? Because these businesses have grown so big, but they've got so much. And again, they're the businesses that have profited from the pandemic. They're the businesses that are in cahoots, the WEF, uh, the Garvey's. You know, there's a very tight knit of businesses and individuals who have taken this paternalistic approach that they are the smart ones because we are so successful that we are the best qualified to solve the world's problems and you are the naughty children that need to be locked in your homes because we can't trust you to, to make judgments for yourself we're going to tell you what to do and you 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 don't you, you can't play a role in that and that's that's in a nutshell the situation we find ourselves in mm. um, now what i find hard about this age is that people there's lots of there's the world is full of activism right i I've, I've been passionate about a lot of issues for many years but i've never considered myself an activist i've never been to a march or a protest until 2020 but i've been passionate about a number of issues and whether it's you know lob, people who lobby against big agriculture or you know the food industry or issues around climate they all seem to understand that the root cause of the problem is the centralization of power and and the influence of money over industry which which essentially leaves the small man uh, the small person i.e the public in this you know i'm not calling us small uh, th th that's how they treat us um leave them off the t out the equation but people for whatever reason haven't yet at scale drawing the dots that this is this is this is a determining factor i think we've seen such a blur of you know cases and deaths and fear-mongering that it's, it's just kept it's, it's, it's just put, put the wool over people's eyes to see what's really happening right now um and people just can't seem to get their head around that this this that this idea of being socially good has been manipulated it's you know it's been uh, and and i did a study on gen z the, the you know the younger generation coming through because what i've been most shocked about in terms of the protest movement you know having become quite active in that very active in that too active in that got no time to myself anymore um with a new baby boy um but uh, nonetheless very little young people very few um, so when I, st I, I did a study, I started reading all the kind of industry an analysis on, on the values and preferences of Gen Z, or Gen Z, I'm in the UK right now. Um, <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the, the point was made that they, one of their highest values is, is to, do, to do good for society and to do good for one another. Mm. And I believe this ideology of doing good for a society has been hijacked. You know, save lives, protect the NHS. These are mantras they've taken on board. That's why we see this kind of virtue signaling behavior. And of yeah. course, this is a generation, by the way, that, and this is a worrying fact, and um, they've grown up on, they've grown up on getting their self-worth and self-esteem from hitting the like button. Mm. and for the amount of likes that they get and the amount of comments they get on their social media posts. And I say that's worrying on the basis that, I know we've gone full circle here, but vaccine passports are potentially a very strong uh, gateway um, to not only medical IDs, which they are a form of in the first instance, but broader digital IDs. And again, when this was spoken about in any forum other than the mainstream media last year, it was described as a conspiracy theory. You know, this, this website ID2020 was circulating. This is a real website. Mm. You know, I don't see how people can, in the media can describe the, the pathway to digital ID as a conspiracy when there are millions and millions of pounds, dollars, and different currencies invested into, digi into digital identification. You could, I mean, as an entrepreneur, I'm always studying industry reports. I want to be on the forefront of technology. I want to be understanding, you know, what, where the future is going because I want to help play a role in shaping the future. But interestingly enough, you know, my interest in technology is still there, but I'm like, we need a de-industrial revolution because, you know, this technocratic world, this you know, transhumanist kind of future that's been projected out into the future, uh, which is words most people don't know. You know, the day-to-day -day people don't think about terms like technocrat or transhumanism, but they are they are things that you need to become familiar with because they are the guiding principles of the likes of the World Economic Forum who, who have an enormous influence on the trajectory of the world. Um, but digital IDs, if you read any of the industry reports, um, and I'm obsessed with, you know, I love learning about the different industries. You know, I'm as curious about uh, the world of business as I ever been before. And there's millions and millions and millions been invested, not just into digital identification, but programmable um, uh, digital assets um, that, that all underpin this idea of social credit type systems, which we've seen in China. So I believe 
Um, the vaccine passports, number one, are a problem for the, on, on, the, on the original basis that they've been um, instigated. But I do believe they're a dangerous gate. Like it's, they're like a gateway drug <laughs> mm-hmm. for, for, for the powers that be into, into digital IDs. But digital IDs is not just like, you know, people think, oh, a digital ID, you know, it's a, what, like having my driving license and my phone or a passport? Well, you could look at it that way. But the moment, the moment you start to give government access to private information, it's very difficult to let go of that. And the more, the more, the more you give to governments, the less you'll be able to take away. And uh, the moment they start to enact policies, like we've seen in the vaccine passports, where it's conditional, your, your access to society is conditional on a behavior or a, uh, an immunization, immunization or anything else. It could be, you know, you haven't done any recycling this week, you lose social points, you can't get on the train tomorrow, which we can laugh about here, but that's the reality in China. You know, it's absolutely. It's a reality. And p- p- people are in the mindset of, oh, it would never happen to us. Mm-hmm. Well, people would have said that about lockdowns prior to 2020. They would have said that will never happen. There are so many things that have happened that people would have said that will never happen. It's a conspiracy and it's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, the, the jabs themselves, though, we, um, right at the start when all the lockdowns start, stuff like that, um, those of us who knew this, that there was an issue here, like myself and, and you and many, many others, uh, mostly entrepreneurs who outcome think and can yes. kind of like reverse engineer everything and have pretty much got it right all the way along um we we were very quick to say they're going to bring something out here it's going to make a lot of people a lot of money and they're just going to enforce it and then we were all talking about this like months ago you could probably go back to your first broadcast when there was you touched on a lot of things and a conversation that i had you know most of the most of the people i've fallen out with was along those conversations about look, this is this is what they're going to bring out and now I'm getting quite a few people messaging me going, look, hands up, like, you're totally right. Um, but this isn't a game of, like, I told you so. This has always been about the preservation of all life, hasn't it? And, yeah. you know, you, talk, you talked about the, um, the, the issues in China here, and, and it, it does. It's very much uh, along the lines of what people's thoughts are on a day-to-day basis because it's not affecting them right now, and it hasn't affected them right now. So anything outside of that, it's just a load of bullshit. And yes. especially here in England, where our, the media here in England have done a pretty remarkable job, really, of compressing what only what's happening in this country and not showing what's happening in Australia or what's happening in China or what's happening in uh, in France, for example, or Canada, um, because they don't want the British public to see that there is uprisings in all these places. Yes. But in China itself, you know, they've had this um, digital digitalization. Like, I think that since 2017, if you... Um, jaywalk across the road like a camera picks your face up yep and you get charged at your bank account yeah like and so it's been around it's not a conspiracy it's been around since like 2017 that's the route that this will go and it's all started with a digital id and the fact that everyone on mass was willing to give up, up up their information and conform to what the government said just to be able to get by on a day-to-day yeah. basis. And that's yeah. exactly the road we're going to end up going down. Well, a couple of things on that. And here's why I think it's going to happen, sadly. Um, firstly, um, the facial recognition thing, first and foremost. Um, there's this... Um, there's this technology called machine learning and there's uh, there's all kinds of related technology to this all, all forms of artificial intelligence and the, the kind of cctv of of the old where you know you can you kind of i remember growing up these like very slow spinning cctvs and car parks and things you know designed to keep your cars safe uh whatnot again this whole idea of safety um but now the the, the cctv today is yeah like you say in china it's it, we have this in the uk already facial recognition technology is out there it's already being deployed. You don't. You don't get a letter for your. You know, if some if someone wants to do, you know, if my neighbour wants to put a dormer up on their roof or build a conservatory, they have to apply for planning. They have to put a thing on the on the lamppost that says we're thinking of doing this. Whereas your government can change the CCTV so that it can recognise your face without even telling you. <laughs> it's happening. It's not. Just Google it now if you don't believe me. Um, it's so on street lamps, isn't it? Now they yeah street spark, lamps spark smart cameras yes uh and also uh is it the uh sort of like the, the technology like four five g to be able to um five g to be able to circulate that are actually getting put on these smart lamp posts now aren't they Randy? yes okay. yeah yeah smart lamp posts and, and make it they make it sound all fancy um it, it's called it's called you know, in, in the ai world it's called machine vision you know it's this it's, it underpins the new technology around facial recognition um but, and again, the, the, all of this stuff around the vaccine passports, one of the primary concerns is privacy. 
uh, and, and deplorably already in the UK, it's been established that the NHS COVID app has been capturing facial recognition data because, of course, smartphones, a lot of people now do facial uh, logins. They use their facial recognition to log into their phone. If you wanted any proof that how sophisticated facial recognition is, how many of you log into your phone with your face? You know, this is everywhere. Um, and it turned out that the NHS app had been collecting facial recognition imagery. That's it's yeah. primed you. It's all primed us ready for well, this, isn't it? So totally. So it's nothing new. Like it's the same as uh, the same as vaccines themselves. So when they really push in flu vaccines, like what five, six, seven years ago, all they've done is just primed the public for times like this. So you think that they're just like any other jab. Well, it normalizes it. And I was talking to um, an American health group and they were saying, I, I, I mean, I, I can't quote this. This is not correct data, but it's just pr in, in principle, metaphorically. Uh, you know, historically, I think there was five, um, something like five uh, approved childhood vaccinations back in the 50s or 60s or maybe earlier. And then something like the 70s or 80s, it went to something like 20. And now there's over 200 <laughs> approved pre vaccinations in America because they changed, of course, they changed... Of course, they changed the legislation. Going back to a previous point, how do you think that legislation changed? Do you think government just wake up and they, oh, do you know what we need is more vaccines? No. Where do they get the idea from? <laughs> it's from the lobby of the vaccine industry, the big pharma. Uh, and of course, that greases the wheel of commerce, um, which, and I, I mean, I sound, if I could hear myself two years ago, if I'm ranting and raving against the powers of commerce and, 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 and demanding more regulation, I think, who is that guy? But I recognize now uh, and I've always tried to be kind of balanced politically. I, I've lived firsthand, uh, like many of us have, is, is living um, through the tyranny of the monopoly and that centralization of power and, and where that can go. And why I say we need to be worried about um, not only vaccine passports, but social credit systems is this. And it goes back to what I was saying about Gen Z, um, is that they have grown up in a world where their, like I said, self-esteem, self-worth comes from the amount of likes and engagement they get on social media. They are primed for a technology where their number one value is social good. You bring in a social credit system that rewards them for their behavior, where they can demonstrate their virtue in other ways, and they can, you know, that they almost compete for who can be the most virtuous, uh, uh, versus, you know, I mean, all of us, hopefully, <laughs> want to live with integrity and be good citizens, but we don't want our society to determine what is good or bad, because here's the other problem. It's the moral authority that historically would be determined by the people. In fact, historically, the religious institutions, the churches, etc., would play a major role in determining our kind of morals and values, etc., uh, as well as uh, community level. But this moral authority has now been assumed by, guess what, the same institutions that are profiting from these types of technologies. You know, the moral authority has been assumed by the technocrats. They are determining, uh, you know, it, uh, and by the way, psychologically, it only takes 10% of a society to believe something to have a ripple effect across the whole of society. That's why very quickly you go from, um, you, you know, the, the, the science around masks, for instance, saying it makes no sense to then a piece of science comes out that could be completely flawed, but all of a sudden everyone's talking about you need to wear masks. You can go, once you've got 10% people believing it's the right thing to do, it's a ripple effect across society. The same with a mass vaccination, the same with social credit system. So the people, the people in business who stand to gain a lot of money and power from all of these things know this, right? So, but we are at the risk of a generation of people who will not only not resist social credit systems, but they will actually gain value from it because they love living in the world where they get recognized and rewarded for how they're perceived digitally. That's how they live, right? But this is, this, is, this is a function of social media. This is like the unforeseen spillover effect from social media. But it's also a reflection of what one of my previous podcast guests talked about, which is a guy called Matthias Desmet. It's had over 500,000 views in the last couple of weeks. Um, he talked about how human beings have background anxieties. You know, we live in the Western world. We live fast-paced, stressful lives. Um, you know, there's so many demands on every human being nowadays that, you know, a lot of people struggle. You know, that's why we've got mental health crisis. And that's just the people who hold their hand up and say, I'm struggling. Whereas, you know, a lot of people, you know, kind of t uh, suck it in and, and, and which, which, you know, ultimately leads to, to more problems. We could talk about that another time. But, but ultimately, if you've got this background anxiety, a, a crisis comes along like this, it enables people to attach their internal anxiety to an external form of anxiety so they no longer have to deal with their own problems now we have a generation of people young people who uh have as i said are gaining their self-worth from their clicks on social media now i've spent a decade plus in the world of personal development human performance human potential 
And I can tell you one of the biggest learnings I've learned, and AJ, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this, is that when we detach our self-worth from things external to us and we find our own inner value and our own inner worth and we can claim our inner power, we become truly congruent with our values and who we really are. We, we truly know ourselves and own our, own our character. And by the way, it's taken me like all 37 years of my life to get to the point where you know, I feel confident in myself and I feel, uh, I feel like I know who I am and, and, and really, really embrace my, my, my strengths, weaknesses and flaws, the good, bad and the ugly. But there are a generation of period people right now who are suffering. There's no surprises that these younger people are, are, are the ones suffering the mental health crisis, which has been exacerbated no end from lockdowns, etc. worsened. That's why they get many of much of them, m many of the problems result in the fact that they get their self-worth uh, and their validation from things external to them which they cannot control mm -hmm. because our inner validation we can control how we validate ourselves so the reason i you know we've gone off and i've gone on tandem but uh, this is why i want people to be worried about uh vaccine passports and social credit systems which is you know the vaccine passports are the gateway to this is we have a generation of people who won't only not resist them they will welcome them because it's how they get it's how they gain their self-esteem it's how they validate I've grown up in you, yourself, AJ, in a culture where we, we value the value of freedom. Um, but we've got a young, we've got a culture now where that, that, that value has been dispelled in order to create the conditions where these types of things are happening. Uh, but it's important that people, you know, we've got to get out of the kind of argument about the virus and the vaccines and those things and look at the cultural societal things that are moving because they are the things that are determining the trajectory of not only where these vaccine passports are going to go for the next 12, 18 months, but beyond, because that there is so much, uh, there is so much being developed in this kind of uh, under this kind of authoritarian, uh, technocratic um, uh, regime that we've really come to, to to bear witness to over the last 18 months. You know, they've been waiting for a crisis like this to magnify the, the speed of progress, because under these conditions, it's very easy to accelerate uh, your your aims and objectives and agendas and um, you know, when you use the word agenda, it sounds like there's some conspiracy. It's not. It's it's all in plain. This this is you know, even the word plain sight sounds like a conspiratorial term these days because everyone keeps using it over and over again. Just take some time to understand. Read the read the Great Reset by Klaus Schwab, founder of the WEF. Read the industry reports on digital technology. Read the reports on digital ID, machine vision, all of these things. You will see where society is going. In fact, many people don't know this, but there was an American presidential candidate who formed a transhumanism party and attempted to win the presidential race. You know, th th this, 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 is, this is the direction of trajectory of technology in the world. But like many industrial revolutions before us, most people don't know about it until it's hit them in the face. Yeah. And exactly that and uh, as per uh, i believe it's in that in that book um you will own nothing and you will like it <laughs> you'll own nothing be happy yeah. They, well, yeah. yeah exactly and that's exactly what's going to happen and you know i work with a lot of teenagers i've seen the effects uh, that lockdowns have had on them i see the effects of what social media and technology has on them because uh, I, Christ, I, I use the example of like trying to give them a team talk before we start the game and that like as soon as you start talking within 10 seconds half of them are kind of like like they're just you know not maybe they just don't like listen to me talk but they um you can just see how easily distracted p people are they can't you know they're always thinking about the next thing all the time it's just mm -hmm. it's, it's nuts and you know they're never present i find mm -hmm. and it, it is a scary path to go down and i've had lots of conversations with teachers and they you do as well about like uh, the, the mindset and the mentality of them and you know not just with everything going on in the minute but like i don't know if i could be a teacher like i love teaching and developing people but i just think it's just a it's just a constant battle nowadays um but one that we need to like identify these major issues and and really get a hold of now open up the eyes you know these kids and just say look if you don't wake up along with adults you know and smarten up we we're going down a very very dark path and it's there yes. they're the ones that are going to be affected the most because they're the future of this country mm. um just like the young men and women who sacrificed absolutely everything you know in the in our world war twos who are of similar age of similar ilk um who you know fought for our very freedoms that are slowly being taken away under the eyes of everybody right now and it's mm. a very very scary uh time that we could be facing um, if people don't a remember that clearly 
Um, you know, and that should be in the forefront of our minds, you know, what everyone gave everything up for. But secondly, you know, looking forward into the future, not right now in your own little circle, you know, you need to look outside that circle just because your life might seem all rosy right now. I can tell you now things can change like that. Um, not just because obviously the introduction of these these vaccines, but obviously the potential introduction of social credit systems and, and vaccine passports. Uh, so it's a huge, huge topic to, to bring to the forefront and make people aware of, mate, absolutely. No, thank you. Yeah, so I mean, in summary, you know, I know I've gone on a projection of where things could go, but, um, you know, I've spent my life doing this as an entrepreneur. It's what we do. We try and, you know, we try and predict the future by creating it often in our industries uh, is the best uh, and my, my closing message to everyone is is that the best way to predict your future is to focus on creating your own um, many of us um, feel um, strongly about the trajectory that the world is going in right now and I think it's down to us to course correct the way in which the world is unfolding uh, many people are looking for heroes the only hero you need is the one looking at you in the mirror. Um, you were touched on some personal development pieces within this, but I believe, you know, it's time now, if you're listening to this, watching this now, look yourself in the mirror tonight and recognize the hero within, because, you know, a lot of people are looking at AJ and, you know, all his guests and they're doing great things to try and advance the movement, but it's, it's not, a, which is great, but each of us has to play our part in changing the world and it begins at home you know it begins with how you show up in your own life uh, it begins with you know how you show up in your own communities because now as people become self-empowered as people kind of find their own greatness and find their own inner potential that's how we can reclaim our future uh, because i truly believe the best way to predict the future is to create it uh, but it's down to us to create a better vision uh, for the future than the one we're being presented with. Uh, so yes, we can resist things that, you know, like we're doing the Together Declaration, togetherdeclaration.org. We have, to, we have to, to slow down the progress of some of these things, the mission creep. Uh, we have to reject some of these things along the way, but that's not all we can do. We have to, we have to also create. And I believe that when we come together, uh, not only can we resist some of these things, but we can co-create a better world as well. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And, you know, it was absolutely beautifully put. Uh, love it. Um, guys and girls, you uh, heard it there from the man himself. Get on the Together Declaration, togetherdeclaration.org. Um, I'll put it obviously in the show notes. Uh, Dan, I, I know you press the time, mate, but thank you so much for joining us again um, and to share with us everything about you know the movement that you're doing and how people can get on board. And please, guys, just like Dan said, you know, like look for the hero within. Start today, okay after you've signed up to the, to the declaration um, and, and look for the hero within, you know, we all can do it. Every single one of us have got a part to play now moving forward. Absolutely. It's down to us. Thank you very much, AJ. Guys and girls, thanks for joining us. And please look forward to another great episode in a few days on the AJ Robert show. But from me and Dan, look after yourself, stay strong and carry on fighting together. <laughs> Peace.